from Dawn Passage giving chase at shades of last year. Arkadimus from Dawn Passage, but Count the Rupee is descending on them quickly. And Count the Rupee takes the lead now in the gong of the 150. Nudges running home to second. And then came Yamazaki. But it's a local victory. Count the Rupee for Brock Ryan. Won it by two lengths to none. Evening listeners, welcome to the Tuts Tiara edition of Triple J Racing Weekly. Uh, really looking forward to this weekend once again, and um, obviously the Group 1 Carnival up there in Queensland coming to an end, mate. Um, joined by Bryce Parker here from Back of Winter Oz. How you been? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, last weekend of racing in Queensland. It's been uh, a great time and another really beautiful week of, of weather, mate. So track should be nice and dry. And I'm expecting them to play fair. Eagle Farm's definitely getting a better reputation these days. So looking forward to it, mate. How, how's your week been? Yeah, Eagle Farm is getting a good reputation now. And it has played pretty good throughout the carnival. So hopefully we get the same thing on the weekend. Mate, I'm coming off a pretty big, uh, pretty good weekend, actually. Had the uh, Triple J race day at Kembla Grange. Uh, awesome to have a few beers with plenty of people. I think we had about 35, 40 there. And uh, we uh, we ended up having a good day with our punters club as well with uh, our Bambino bolted home in the last. So we certainly uh, drank a few beers and celebrated late into the night. So that was a great weekend. Um, and hopefully you you got a few winners home yourself. Good stuff, mate. Yeah, I did see that uh, our Bambino result. And uh, it was good to see Skyman get back into the winners list thanks to a 12 out of 10 from Willie Pike. Yeah, that was absolutely brilliant by Pikey. And as you said, mate, Rose Hill... Was uh, I probably gave it a little bit too much respect there last Saturday. I, I suggested that um, it won't be, you know, severely on pace, uh, fencing run, and I was completely wrong. Uh, you may as well have stayed at home if you were drawn off the fence or going back in the field. So similar thing we had at Canterbury last uh, yesterday as well. But um, nonetheless, mate, we're going to this weekend now. Obviously looking forward to the, the big races, the Tats Tiara, and, um, yeah, plenty of great races over the program. Uh, the rail is out six metres from the 16 to the 1,000 metres and then uh, eight metres the remainder. The weather looks clear and, um, yeah, we're in for a good day of racing. Um, how do you suspect the track might play, mate? Nice and farmed. Um, another one of the horses for courses. Some just don't hack it. So it is a bit better these days. I'm not hearing as much criticism, uh, but... Pretty hard to pick Eagle Farm, mate. Usually wide barriers is a bit of trouble, um, just historically has been. So trying to look for those that are drawn okay is, is my advice. But, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky track, mate, one of the trickiest in Australia. Yeah, sure is. And obviously with the rail at eight metres this time around, you would suspect that, you know, those inside draws are certainly going to be advantage. But um, there is also a lot of races with the stuck of tempo involved. So I think it's going to be a reasonably fair day. And, and I'm, I'm in a similar boat, mate. I'm looking for horses that are, drawn forward um, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can have a great day. We're obviously going to cover the main races on the program and um, and then we'll have a look around the grounds with a couple of other winners. But we'll start with the uh, the Gold Crown, which is race three. It's 2150-metre listed race for fillies and mares. Um, the current favourite is our Intrigue. Really short odds there at $1.60. Uh, then we got Elusive Jewel, one of our favourites there at the $5 price. Rebel Rama at six fifty. Uh, a little mix there at seven, and I think the other ones are making up the numbers. Uh, look, our intrigue looks really hard to beat here, mate, but do you see it any uh, any differently, or are you, are you with the favourite? I mean, it's one of those ones where if you had the uh, run top four, get your money back promo, you could smack our intrigue. 
because it's going to finish in the top four. Not sure I'd want to take the short, so, mate. Like, I do think it's the one to beat, but I'd want a little bit more. I just thought uh, at a little bit of a price. Um, I mean, the thing is with, with ratings here, Elusive Jewel, and uh, ratings aren't everything, but Elusive Jewel's not far off what our intrigue's been doing. There's probably not that much between them. So I think it does deserve to be a little bit closer. Problem with Elusive Jewel is it's struggling to put the win on the board, but our intrigue's knocking on the door as well. So... I'll probably have our intrigue about two bucks, mate. Elusive Jewel, probably four. So, yeah, Elusive's probably a little bit of value, but I'm expecting our intrigue probably wins the race. $1.60. Uh, I wouldn't want to be doing that without a promo, mate. I don't think it's a good thing. What about you? Yeah, that's obviously the tricky thing, mate, the price, um, $1.60. But at the end of the day, and I know the interesting thing here is it could be a sad day for the, the meeting on the weekend, but... um. There's a couple of these runners, too, that are dual nominated. I think one or two are in a race at uh, Ramwick, so that'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But obviously our intrigue is the one that covers the, you know, gets the ticket of approval for the distance. Um, she's coming off a seven-day backup where she was beating the Ipswich Cup by uh, Smart Media last weekend. And I just think if she handles the backup, she's going to be obviously really, really hard to beat. Um, the interesting runner is, as you said, Elusive Jewel because, you know, She's now gone from 1,600 out to the 2,150. That's a 550-metre jump, but she's always that runner that's there and thereabouts at the finish, and maybe she's just crying out for that ground. We'll never know. We'll find out on the weekend. But, uh, look, I think our intrigue's drawn in the right spot there in Barrier 1. Willie Pike aboard probably sits just behind the leaders, and I think over the last 200 metres where she's going to be doing her best work and, and going to be really hard to beat. But as you said, um, look, too short to be getting involved in and um, probably even not a race I want to chuck into a multi-leg. So... We had, to co- we had to cover it because it was a big race on the program, but it's certainly one that I'm just going to be watching and, um, you know, betting around. What they'll do is they'll smack Elusive Jewel in the threes, scratch it based on that price, and then our intrigued backers will lose money if it wins. I think I backed something the other day, and it was that many scratchings. I got something at $30, and to run a place, I think it was paying $6, and I lost money from the placing price. That was... <laughs> That was how much they smoked it. So if Elusive Jewel goes, mate, our intrigue is going to be $1.30 and it's going to be absolutely no no price and then at all after deductions. Absolutely. And it is rough when that happens, mate. But if it's the Elusive Jewel that I know, it'll absolutely look the winner for the uh, last 300, 300 metres of the straight and then get done yep. on the line by our intrigue. So that's probably how it's going to go. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, this next race is a bit more, a bit more meat on the bone for us. It's the uh, 2,400-metre Tattersall's Cup, uh, which is a Group 3. The current favourite is Esty Fenny at $2.40. Bonnie Ezra, $4.20. Willie Pike rides London Banker at $5.50. Alec Hans also $5.50. Then you've got Cedar Power, 13. Loon Stint, Honourable Spirit, and Top Order down the end of the the pecking order there. Uh, As for pacing the race, mate, there looks to be a few on-pace horses here for a 2,400-metre race. Um, you got Cedar Power, Bonnie Ezra will sit just in behind, Alec Hand will go forward, Honourable Spirit from out wide. So I think this could be, um, you know, run at a reasonably good tempo. I'm interested to hear your thoughts here. Yeah, look, I do think the favourite's hard to beat. The odds are short enough, especially in small fields, mate. You can always get the blowout in a small field. I thought Luna Snip wasn't the worst at $19 because it's never missed a Quinella at the trip, so to run it out, but also loves Eagle Farm, mate. It's run there nine times. It's made the placing seven of them. So ticks a couple of boxes at, at a bit of a price. 
I know it's only had five career wins from 41 starts, but it's made the placings 44% and you're getting $4 to run a drum. So I could probably back Luna Snit on a one by three. SD Fanny, it's got the right form, doesn't it? I mean, it's uh, handles Eagle Farm. It's in really well at the weight. So it's pretty hard to knock, mate. I think the favourites were terribly hard to beat. I reckon Luna Snit can run a drum for us. What did you land on? I like that. Uh, look, yeah, look, I think Estefani is going to be hard to beat. And I also uh, want to see Estefani win the race for uh, the connections of Matt Smith. Obviously a really interesting runner. And he's worked his way up to this trip, I think, um, you know, with that slow progression that I usually like getting out of the staying trips. A few of these have had a few runs at the 2400, which, you know, I think is a good thing. But Estefani's best run was that, you know, recent one in the Q22 where he was absolutely trucking late and just probably needed a couple, couple more hundred metres to get the job done. And, um, yeah, as I said, very interesting runner. He was missing from February 2020 to, fe- to February 2022, um, two years away with multiple injuries and, and all sorts of things like that. But the stable stuck strong. And, um, yeah, they probably deserve a result here. So I'd really like to see uh, SD Fanny get the job done. I think the tempo in the race suits. So I'm going to, you know, knuckle down on the $2.40. And uh, the one that I thought was the biggest danger was Bonnie Ezra. So I think the market's right. Um, look, He's having the best preparation of his career. There's no doubt about it. Um, bringing some really good form in here. He's got two 2,400-meter runs on the board. Um, the only thing I see as a negative is I, I think that he's a better horse with a little bit of um, give in the ground. And, um, you know, you're not going to get that at Eagle Farm. And as you've said already, it's a major advantage to have had a run at the track. So, you know, he might be in for a bit of a shock on Saturday with this uh, concrete track of Eagle Farm. But um, I'm with the favorite, mate, SD Fanny, and hope it wins. Sounds good. Race six now, mate. We'll skip the old uh, Battle of the Bush final. We'll go to race six, which is the Edwards Street Brisbane, over 1,200 metres. It's for three-year-old fillies, set weights. Uh, the favourite is Burning Bell with Ryan Maloney aboard, $3.70. Rhapsody Rose, $4.20. Uh, Hugh Bowman rides Tillingham for Tony Gollan, $6. Put on the red light and fetch her there at $6.50. And then out to double-figure odds. Once again, mate, plenty of um, tempo here with Miss Tambo, Tillingham, you're all that likely going forward and Rhapsody Rose will push forward as well. So I can see some tempo from out wide, um, you know, inject into this race. And I think that'll make the, the uh, finish interesting. Who are you siding with here? Just uh, quickly before this one, uh, I would have had my own version of Battle of the Bush, mate. I would have thrown in Straub, Sneaky Island, Verbeck, Edit, and uh, probably Brooklyn Hustle. I reckon that would have been a cracker. Even Notorious could have come and had a look. So, yeah, if I'd run my own Battle of the Bush, mate, I reckon uh, Sneaky Island would have been <laughs> would have been heading to market. But anyways, uh, Eagle Farm 6. I'm really interested, mate. I'm going to keep an eye on the market with Tilly Arnhem because... I was, I was actually uh, red hot on it for a couple of runs and it just didn't show anything, but it, uh, it really got back into form last start. It's, it's gone within ahead of Adela Moore and that's a massive form line. Comes over to Tony Golan and how often do we see Golan get a runner, work out how uh, to get them going better and any improvement off that Adela Moore run and it will absolutely bolt these. So I'm watching the market. Golan will probably know if it's going to win and uh, it'll either get backed or drift. So I'm very weary, mate. I think that is the right form line for this. I've always been a big fan of Fetch. It got the win first up, but this is a lot harder and it's not amazingly weighted. So I'm a bit weary there. 
And uh, I do think it does fall apart a bit after that. Rhapsody, uh, the Roses tick knocking on the door. Uh, but for me, mate, I, I do think if uh, Tilly Arnhem gets backed in, I, I think it could smack these. I think that Adela Moore is, is bang on the form line. So very weary, mate. And uh, Golan knows how to get them going. So I'm surprised as well that it changed stable after that last run. Maybe it got a bit of value, showed it was back on target. And it's got sold. And I watched its trial, and I'm extremely keen on Uncommon James. And it ran third behind them. It wasn't near as good as Uncommon James. Uncommon James' trial was out of this world. But to stick on with that, I'm more than happy with that. Two lengths away. So, yeah, mate, if they back it in, I'm going to have a red-hot crack at it. What did you get? I've actually got very similar thoughts here, mate. I, I like the uh, the price about Tillian each way with, um, you know, obviously first half of Golan, as you said. I'm hoping that you're going to the gym um, on Friday morning and hopefully you can get us some intel there. But, yeah, it comes to, comes to the new stable, gets a bit of a freshen up. And I like that it, um, she's going back to a sprint trip. I've always liked her over the 1,200-metre journey. And I know Waterhouse and Bot, they've tried to get her out into the 1,400 and, and mild trips, but she hasn't, um, you know, run poorly in any of those runs. So I think she's going pretty well. And I just really like the fact that she's had that proper freshen up, new stable, new surroundings, gets onto the Eagle Farm firm track, which I think will suit her. And I think that a really fast pace, 1,200, is exactly what she needs. So I like the uh, each-way price about Tilly Arnhem. And yeah. the other one that I was really interested in is this favourite, Burning Bell. Um, I know that on career runs, I don't think she should be at the $3.70 price, but um, I love what I've seen from her so far. And she obviously, um, you know, went from maiden to benchmark 65 grade instantly and then had a bit of a break and then returned. Uh, Blink is on on the poly track and absolutely bolted in with a really good, really good, nice action there. So pretty keen to see how she goes. And I think she gets an ideal draw there. Barrier three, Maloney on, Blink is on again. Um, either, either leads them up or sits in behind the pace. And I just think that she has a bit of untapped ability that we haven't seen yet. So look, I, I would rather a lot more money for a horse coming to this grade for the first time, but um, I'll probably have an each way bet on Tiliana and keep my eye on the market for Burning Bell. But anyway, mate, we need to get you into the gym tomorrow morning, all right? Absolutely. Hopefully Tony's in there as well. Race seven yeah, I hope to. is the uh, Tattersall's Life members. It's a listed two-year-old race over 1,400 metres. Um, the current favourite is Johnny Rocker at $5. We've got Stroll at $5.50. Chase and Artie, $6. Tommy Berry rides an absolute slug in Metallicity at the $8.50 price. Honeypot and Resistible are $9. We've got Victory Moments, 13 Tyrese Tyrese, 17 And some pretty good uh, two-year-old horses there at the end of the market as well, mate. So, look, um, on, on the speed map, it doesn't suggest there's going to be tempo here, but two-year-olds hitting the 1,400, big field, there's going to be some speed in this race. I think most horses will get their opportunity, and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing who you select here. Yeah, I think this is a bit of um, a Skyman surf dancer thing with Stroll and Honeypot. I watched the race multiple times and Stroll had every possible um, peeled at the right time. Honeypot was dipping and weaving. I know Honeypot will settle off the speed. It'll need luck. I can't catch Ryan Maloney for the life of me, but last last uh, run was enormous. It was absolutely flying home, tight Ipswich track. So I think Honeypot should be favourite, mate. Over Stroll. I think with the two runs where they burst each other, Stroll had a run under the belt. It had the perfect run in transit. Honeypot was ducky and weaving and just missed out to the 1,400. 
I'd have them. I'd have honey pot five dollars stroll nines. So yeah, mate, I'm pretty keen on the honey. Uh, what have you landed on? I knew this was going to be an open race, and we would land on a couple of horses. But um, I'm really keen on the chances of chasing Artie. Actually, um, look, obviously, yeah. my my bit my favourite racing is two year old racing, and I'll make that clear uh, very regularly. And I think that. All form analysts and, um, you know, people like us need to have your your sort of races that are your favourites and definitely two-year-old racing is mine. But I was obviously pretty keen on Swiss Exile there, um, going to the Champagne Classic and then uh, also ran second in the size produce. And uh, this fella, Chasing Artie, beat Swiss Exile first up on the Sunshine Coast over 1,200 metres. And uh, what I really like about his efforts after that was um, he then went on to... He had a bit of a freshen up after that, five weeks, and then come out and race in the Phoenix behind uh, Political Debate and uh, the Kiwi Horse. And, mate, I, I think he should have been right in the finish there. Yeah, had a bit of no luck in, in transit there, and that was obviously a 1,500-metre race. So coming out into 1,400 metres here, with a couple of two-year-olds that are probably questionable about making the trip over a fast journey, uh, I'm really keen to get on chasing Arnie's back, and I think the price is all right there each way. Um, the other thing I really like is... Yeah. The booking of Nashville Willer, obviously. You know, he's such a strong rider. He'll get the best out of this horse uh, late in the piece, which I think is ideal. Um, well, another horse that I don't know what I'm going to do if this horse wins, but Metallicity, I keep coming up with excuses for him. Um, you know, I was so keen on him at the start of his career. And I just, first of all, I was, I was using the wet track as an excuse. And then, you know, he went up to Newcastle and should have won there. He then returned at Eagle Farm and found trouble over 1,300. The only positive I can find is that that was off a bit of a break. He, he got back in the field and, and found trouble. I think that he just needs a clear lane on the outside. I think he needs 1,400. I think he needs a firm deck. He's got to be in the race at the 850 and $3. And uh, Stroll. Stroll's also got a lot of time for. Well, I was zumming an iron weather to back her last start and didn't. Um, and she obviously started at 12 or 13, and, and now we're getting half the price. So, look, it's a tough race for mine, but I think I'm going to have a bit of money on Chase and Artie. I just think he's probably a little bit disrespected coming out of a small stable. And um, he's also a horse that gives his all. So that's what I want. And um, I'm happy to see how Nashville Willow can go aboard chasing Artie, mate. So what are your thoughts on Metallicity? Uh, I want to see it win first. It's one of those ones where, it, yeah, it can get the job done at eights and I'll go, ah, bummer, I wish I'd stuck with it. But I've already given it, what, four chances now. And I, I just think that's one too many if I go again. It definitely has uh, the potential. Maxwell, good ground. Um, but, I mean, it's like back in Brooklyn Hustle now, isn't it? It just, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't make a case for it. I do think Honeypot, even luck, mate, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very hard to beat. Just, just off that run against Stroll, if, if they're both bringing that same effort, uh, I think Honeypot will blitz Stroll. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just reckon from the wide draw, it, it can run over them. As you said, though, I'm really weary about uh, Chase Nardi. It's the right form. I do think that probably deserves to almost be favourite. I think Johnny Rock is a false favourite. I, I can't have that one. So, yeah, man, I think they can fight it out. And Chase is pretty dangerous. It, uh, it definitely comes out of the right race. So I think there's going to be a lot of luck in running. You've got Honeypot and Chase Nardi uh, flying home. One or two are going to be unlucky in this race, I feel. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I guess the knock with Chase and Artie is, you know, we got $17 about him in a Sunshine Coast maiden two starts back. Then he came out in the uh, um, the Phoenix and was $14, and now we're getting the, the $6 price. But that's because he was 
he's been so competitive in all those runs, and uh, that's just, that's the way I want to go. But you're absolutely right, mate. This is one of the most exciting races on the program for mine, and there's honestly five or six ways you can read the race. So really looking forward to seeing which two-year-old comes away with it on Saturday. On to the big one now, mate, the 1,400-metre Tatstiara, which is a group one weight for age for fillies and mares. Absolutely super race this, and the current favourite is Ana Visto at 550. Got Snap Dancer at 650, away game and Kiku there at the $10 price. Brooklyn Hustle, Startontes 11, She at the Bar 12. We've got Nudge and a Tissue there at 13. Hugh Bowman rides Wonder Bar at 17. We've got Palazapan 27, Salatine. The price about Vangelic is crazy, I believe, at $34.9. Uh, but what an open race we got here, mate, and obviously uh, plenty of tempo. You'd suspect Vangelic and Anavista will go forward. She out the bar from Barrier 2 probably won't let any any horse in between. Um, and then there's going to be a couple of other ones shooting across from out wide to try and get a spot. Um, who are you siding with here, mate, or give us a couple of chances? <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll just run through a couple of them. Uh, Ana Vista, I don't think I've ever won on Rachel King. Snap Dance is going to need a lot of luck from 21. I'd love to see a way game, mate. It's so honest. It's just, uh, I think it's nearly at Swan Song. So, Brooklyn Hustle, the backers will come out of the woodwork if she wins and go, see, I told you, da-da-da. But the thing with Brooklyn is how much money have you lost between runs trying to wait for that win? And always the flashing light and well-placed. And, yeah, she's, if anything, mate, she's probably the hardest to beat in this race. If you look at form and everything, but, I mean, how, how, how much do you want to lose until that thing wins? And if she does, good on her last race. Um, and the hustle, the hustle backers will come out and say, told you so, but, yep, how, how many thousands are going down the drain since the last one? For me, mate, I have to go with the horse that, Peaked this time last year, loves Eagle Farm and can rip down the outside, and that's Nudge. Just because looking at this time last year, mate, Nudge won two or three in a row in Brizzy, and uh, it just has a sense of timing about just getting right to the outside, an aggressive ride from Nash over a hot speed. So at the $13 mark in a very, very tricky race, I do think Nudge is a good bet. And if you wanted to have a crack at uh, some of the odds, bring the ransom was an absolute horror watch. And that $61, I mean, it's a bit harsh. And probably the other one, I think Charmy Baby's always overlooked by the market, but it has a blistering turn of foot. In the end, though, mate, this is stacked from top to bottom and just about anything can win the race. But uh, I will not be lured into the Brooklyn. She can win. She looks well-placed. Uh, but it's, it's, I'm going to watch and see if she wins. Uh, but for me, mate, I'm not really going to bet into this one. I think it's just a cracking race to watch. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, mate, absolutely super race this. And uh, well, I think listeners uh, have heard you mention Brooklyn Hustle's name a few times today. And as you said, probably should have been in the Battle of the Bush with a couple of horses I've owned over my career as well. But um, nonetheless, yeah, super race this with plenty of tempo. And um, the horse I like is also another one that's, um, I think hitting this race at the right time, he has a bit of sense of timing about it, as you said, and it's actually the stable mate of yours, um, Kiku. I think she thinks she's a very good mare when she's fresh. Um, she's got two wins and two placings from four first up attempts, uh, or four second up attempts, sorry. She obviously won the Classic over 1,600 metres three weeks ago, and I think she races best when there's a stack of pressure in the race. I actually uh, backed her to win the, the, the coast race at Gosford, um, there on the 7th of May. And I think that the race just was an absolute sit and sprint with um, Chris Lee's horse getting the job done. And 
The thing that interests me most was that she had the fastest last 200 metres of that race. And, look, she just needed more pressure in it. Um, she can obviously get out of the mile. But I think here she'll park herself in midfield with Tommy Berry aboard. Uh, she's come to the track and won their last start. She's uh, probably best ridden on a, on a firm track. And I just really like the fact that they've sort of kept her fresh for this. Um, you know, they had a, had a month's break there after that coast race. Tick over trial in between. Came out and won first up in the Eagle Farm 1,600-meter race. And now she comes into this three weeks, second up, ready to absolutely peak here. And we're getting $11 and $3.50. So I'm pretty keen on kicking his chances. Obviously, um, whoever wins this race is going to need a stack of luck. We all know that. Um, another runner that I reckon's probably a little bit um, overpriced is probably Star Tontes. Uh, I know that there's similar story to Brooklyn Hustle. You know, if you're going to come from the rear of the field, you need a lot, lot of luck to go your way. But she was fantastic in the Stradbroke. I thought she was super. Uh, she'll obviously relish the tempo and um, also suited on a good track. And, uh, mate, as you said, bring the ransom. I think that she's probably a little bit outclassed here in terms of what she's achieved over her career. But, you know, you just don't know what, what she was going to deliver that day there at Eagle Farm a few weeks back when we were getting the right price about her as well. And she's got the perfect draw here. She's another one that really relishes fast tempo in races. And 61 and $14 just seems absolutely ridiculous. So I will be having a small bet on uh, bring the ransom. But, uh, mate, my main yeah. chance for the race is kick you, and I just think she's... When you, when you find races like this, you need to have one that's hitting the race at the right time, and you also have to have a horse that's keen to win races. And, um, look, Kiku's definitely one of those horses. And, obviously, the other one's Brooklyn Hustle for trifectas, but eight-meter rail, Eagle Farm, going back in the field, I think she's going to need a lot of luck from there. So, Kiku for me, mate, each way, one times three, and hopefully uh, one of us finds a winner in that race. Sounds good to me, mate. Yeah, it's a very tricky one. Race nine, finished the program off with the Eureka stud, Wayne Healy Stakes, over 1,200 metres. Um, King of Sparta's first up here, $3 his favourite with Tommy Berry aboard. Last start winner, Baller, $7.50. Uh, Jimmy Byrne rides Alpine Edge, $8.50. Garibaldi shooting for gold at the $10 price. Uh, you got Rangers and Juan Deba there at 13 Blondo, 14 Prime Candidate, $18. Uh, one of our favourites, April Rain. I'm not sure what's happened to that horse, but uh, probably the right price now at 21 and five. And um, a good way to finish the program, mate, with uh, obviously prime candidates going to lead these ones up and a couple of chases in behind. Who's who's your get out bet for the day? <clears throat> probably want to see how the track's playing, mate. King of Spa's uh, record on good grounds is extremely good. It's uh, It hasn't run a poor race on good footing, so... I think it does deserve to be favourite. Garibaldi, if the track's playing fair, can rattle home. Uh, I thought that return from Garibaldi was excellent. He's a smart horse, but we need the track playing well. And uh, shooting for gold off the boil at the moment, April rain as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, I do think the favourite deserves to be there, mate. And um, Baller does have the right turn of foot to win as well. Alpine edge off the boil as well. A couple of these are just not showing... Uh, what they were. So I do think uh, Garibaldi and the favourite for me, mate, I'll probably back them both. What are your thoughts? I saw it the exact same way, mate. I uh, could not ignore Garibaldi's first up run. I think it tops him right off for this race and obviously he's got a good second up record. He absolutely loves the Eagle Farm track with three wins and four placings. And, um, you know, the, the firm deck is absolutely ideal for him. So I would love to, as you said, I would love to see horses coming down the outside and being able to win. 
Um, and I'd also like to hope that there's enough tempo in this race for him to do so. Um, but, I mean, when you got a horse, King of Sparta, oh, I, I know him quite well from, obviously, he spends most of his time in Sydney. But he's first up here. I know he goes well on a um, first up, but $3 just seems super short for mine. I, I can't believe he's come up $2.90 in a race like this with a couple of horses that are, you know, proven on this Eagle Farm track. And, um, yeah. you know, the, the big key we need is just them to be able to, to rattle home down the outside. So really keen on Garibaldi, mate, one times three again at the 10 and 3.30. And I think he's actually pretty hard to beat here if, if they can run on. Uh, one Diva, obviously, I was keen as on her last weekend and they scratched late, I think, purely based on the need for a firm track. So she gets that here. Only negative is she goes 1,400 back to 1,200 and goes from barrier three to barrier 15 here which is not ideal, so Collett's going to have to work his magic there. But I think she'll go forward and just hope for the best. And if she does go forward, um, that'll give her a good chance of winning the race. And the other one I, I liked was uh, shooting for gold coming on from the rear of the field as well. So interesting race to finish the program, mate. But have you got any uh, any runners from around the grounds you, you're keen, keen on? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've got a couple. And uh, I thought in the highway, just uh, race one, Ramwick, Fighting Magnus is an interesting runner because you go have a look at the field, mate, and every good chance in this race has drawn an absolute horror draw. So Barrier 1, Ellen Hennessy, Fighting Magnus, it's got good form lines, really good form lines. And I just think with most of its rivals just drawn absolute needing luck, oh, that's a great way to start the day, $17 at the moment. Race number four, mate, Krug Summer, missed by a nose with a massive run from a Sony uh, a couple of weeks ago and the favourite tossed the race. But what I'm asking here is we get 9.50 again and Krug Summer was 10s uh, when I was keen on it two weeks ago. It's the same grade. It goes up one kilogram, but it maps a treat. This is no harder. I, I can just set up in the finish again, mate, at $10. Race number seven at Ramwick, Miran has done nothing thus far, but... I think four lengths off in a BM94 and two lengths away in open companies. Enough to give this a shake. $51. Lugs are a lot more weight than it has been carrying, but it's down a lot in grade. Uh, so I'm going to have something on there. And race number nine, I call June home bolting in. Uh, and I was keen on it a few weeks ago. I said if it's left alone up front, it'll bolt in. Uh, just the same here. I think Kathy O'Hara to the front, rack and stack them and, I can't say you're not running well, mate, with a, with a very likable map. There's not much else going forward. And uh, I just had two over in uh, Victoria. Race one, I know she's all classes really well placed, but a little bit hard to have at the moment with the one win from eight starts. Promised the well, delivered an atlas. For me, unusual culture. Comes across from New Zealand and it chased Belle and Rouge, who won a group one the other day, the New Zealand Oaks. Unusual culture carries two kegs less from that run. And if it brings that form, it is very well placed. And the only other one for the day, mate, is the last at Caulfield. He's our bonnet Vale. I know Newitt had a massive opinion of this one. He was really talking it up in one of the interviews. The trials are really good. So $7.50. Uh, you never know with these first starters, but I know that the stable and the jockeys have a massive opinion of this one. So I'll be sending that home. And, uh, yeah, obviously, Superior Sam might not run at Morfittville Race 5, but I know that it laid in in the synthetic and didn't appreciate it the other day when it ran second. Uh, so $9, Race 5, Morfittville, if it does run. Really keen to give Sam another go with that second to Pinarello. He's got a lot of talent, that horse. Could be in maiden grade, but he's been placed in the BM62 here. So connections clearly think 
he can win some handy races, uh, I'll be on him at the tens. Sounds good, mate. Plenty of value there. I like that. Um, the couple of runners from around the grounds for me is race two around with Kalino. Um, he obviously returned gelded this preparation. I think he's been okay without being super. But I think he goes third up here, gets a great draw in a variable in a very winnable race. I think this is an easier race than his last two, and I just think he's ready to peak. I was pretty keen on his chances on Wednesday, and they pulled him out. But I, I knew that was going to happen when the, the trucks come up a heavy nine or whatever it was at Canterbury there. So I just suspect he can sit second pair on the outside and get his chance in the straight. I think he's a great each-way price, and I think Ramwick will play super on the weekend on the, on a good four. So the other one, mate, Ramwick race four. Um, don't worry about Cruel Summer when Pakari Kari's going around. I thought her win at Gosford was absolutely something we need to take into account. It just doesn't happen like that very often. Uh, she obviously missed the kick a little bit, and she's making that a bit of a habit. But her turn of foot after that was absolutely super. Just come around the outside, did it easy. Nash didn't even get the stick out. I thought that was absolutely super. And um, the interesting thing here is I've been crying out for her to get onto a track like Ramwick, and if it's playing fair on the weekend, she's got an absolute straight there that she needs, big, long straight just to get into her work and absolutely bolt home over the top. So I'm hoping she stays within range yeah. and um, shows us something special on the straight there. So... Keen on Bakari Kari, $3.70 in race four. And uh, the only other runners at Newcastle, um, race three, where the odds aren't out yet. But um, if we can get anything over the $2, $2.50 price, about Alpha One, number 13 in race three, I think we have to be aboard. Um, he's obviously coming out of city grade and returning in provincial grade here over the 900. And with Barrier One, Mitch Bellaboard, I think they'll just shoot forward, lead him up, have the fence there to guide him around. And I think that he's going to be Super hard to beat, and his trial recently was absolutely super. So I think Alpha One's going to be really hard to beat there, and, um, yeah, hopefully all three of those get the job done. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing your best and value for the weekend, mate. I think the values with, with Randwick Race 1 and uh, Fighting Magnus, just with that perfect map, kick the day off with an aggressive ride from Ellen Hennessy, $17.00. Uh, I think out of anything on the punt, I tend to get these highway races really down pat for some reason. Um, I think I, I hit about 50% of them last year and, and a lot of them at odds. So I trust myself with the highways and I reckon uh, that's where we got the job done with uh, the $19 one. So let's see if Fighting Magnus can do it again. And best bet on the weekend, mate. It's a pretty tricky card uh, with, with a fair bit going on, but... I think I'm. I think I'm going to. Uh, I do reckon race two Caulfield. Uh, I'm not agreeing with the shorts, but I'm keen to see Janty run again. I just reckon uh, any improvement off that first up run could absolutely annihilate them. I did like the trials of a couple of Moody's in this race, but it looks a serious racehorse. He, he posted some absolute sensational time. I know the two dollars is nothing to jump into, but if he goes on a bit of a drift and puts it together, he could just absolutely bolt them again. So. I think I'm more looking forward to seeing than best bet of the weekend. Um, but, yeah, there's there's plenty of value in those uh, extra tips I've given. So I do reckon Ramwick Race 1's a cracker bet, Fighting Magnus. What about yours, mate? Yeah, my best for the weekend is uh, Eagle Farm Race 2. You've already spoken about him, Uncommon James. Uh, obviously returning off a lengthy break, but he, he trolled super. That troll the other day was, was something to, to watch. And um, I just think that if he's oh. anywhere... Anywhere near his best, he's way too good for these and probably can go on to bigger and better things. But he has had a few setbacks, so we have to uh, keep that in mind. But hopefully he's at his best and we see something special on the weekend. And I think the rail being out that far really suits him being an on-pace type. 
And uh, my value bet, I'm just going to stick with Kiku in the Tastiara because I think she's that wall of horse that's um, absolutely timed to perfection here. And if she gets the, the luck in running that the, the winner's going to need, um, I think she gives herself every chance there and she'll relish the fast tempo. So Kiku at the $11 price in uh, race eight, I believe it is. Um, thanks for joining me again, mate. It was a, another super podcast for us. And hopefully um, we tip listeners into a few winners there. I've been a little bit out of form the last couple of weeks, but I'm feeling a good one on here and uh, feeling really confident going into the Ramwick card on the weekend with a, what I believe is going to be potentially the fairest track we've seen in Sydney for a long time. So really looking forward to that, mate. And hopefully uh, you find us plenty of winners as well. Yeah, thanks very much for having me again, mate. Good luck on the weekend. And, yeah, the trial of Uncommon James was unbelievable. So if he brings that, uh, they won't know which way he went. 100%. And hopefully that gets you a day off to a flyer there in race two at Eagle Farm. Cheers, guys. Hope everyone has a great weekend.